The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, Apple Peeler Regifting, Wes Anderson Mousetraps, Fanboy Voicemail, and Hipster Stage Dad Standoff. And now, three men who have done the Pete Rose Slide in the troughs at Wrigley, here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast that is getting in line now for Star Wars Episode 7. Send snacks! I'm so excited. I'm, I'm considering, I've already talked to Alex about this. I'm like, Alex, what do you think about going to like the midnight show? Let's do the midnight showing. Oh. And he's all, he's like, yes, please, yes. You know, he'll be 13, he's so on board for it. Like that's... You are so lucky you knocked up your girlfriend in high school because you could bring your son to episode seven. <laughs> uh, you could bring Viva, but you'll probably want to leave after the previews. <laughs> she will get too scared of the crawl she'll be out the door. It'll say, like, a long time, uh, I'm out, tap out, boom. I'm trying to get her ready, like I'm getting her into Star Wars and showing her clips of the old ones, but yeah. that's a long way from being ready to watch a whole, you know, hand-choppy movie. In three or four months, <laughs> she hasn't even. She wouldn't even watch most Disney cartoons because they're too scary for her. We will. I will not get her to Star Wars place in December, and I'm so jealous because I, you know, Just there'll be one that will be her kid. first, but it won't be a logical starting point. Can I go I, with you guys? Yeah, I'm taking the day off. I'm well, ready to say. Look, this is my reward for not spending my 20s like you guys did, living it up in New York City. You know, so yeah, now it's it, pretty great. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, it was. Now yeah, going to see Star Wars with a 13-year-old, that pretty much balances everything out. Now we're even. Welcome to the Dairy Isle, where we talk about getting your nutrition from nature's tap. Well, look, I, I haven't, you know, my kids stopped breastfeeding years and years Six ago. Six weeks ago. Six <laughs> weeks ago, and, you know, they're in junior high. But you know, I try not to be too judgy about breastfeeding. I'm all I'm, I'm pro. I'm I'm pro breastfeeding for sure. But I saw this something on 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 Facebook that you know became a bit of a story. I believe it was last week. Might be two weeks ago at this point. It was during World Breastfeeding Week, and somebody posted a picture of herself breastfeeding two young boys. Right? Uh, you know, they were young, young enough to still be breastfeeding, I suppose. And the caption said something along the lines of the one on the left is my 11 month old and the one on the right is my friend's 18 month old. And people oh. got a little bit worried, you know, disturbed by that. And they were like, wait a minute, why are you breastfeeding your friend's 18 month old? You know, unless like your friend died in a horrible car accident and you've adopted her son. And I guess then that's OK. But great. One more thing to be afraid about sending your kid to other people's houses over like we can't just be afraid about the handguns and the pornography and the booze mm -hmm. and the and the pit bulls <laughs> and the and the lawnmowers now we got to be afraid that their hippie wives will start to breastfeed our child 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, th- it has a very much a hand that rocks the cradle feel to me. I-, I remember seeing that movie. It was in 92. I remember seeing it in the movies. And maybe that's always kind of shaped my view of breastfeeding. <laughs> you know, seeing Rebecca. What Demore- happened in the what happened in the movie that would 23 years ago that would shape your <laughs> views on breastfeeding? <laughs> For those of you who are familiar with the movie, it involves. Uh, Which means everyone. As a part of a revenge plot. So Rebecca De Mornay plays the woman who is the wife of a obstetrician who is accused of uh, molesting patients. And, and in all of this stress, she's pregnant too. <laughs> she here, better here. Yeah. She, she dies. Uh, or not she dies. No, I'm sorry. I messed that up completely. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's over. Cut to credits. <laughs> I'll show you. Bah. It's a five-minute movie. No, she does this. Her baby dies. She loses her baby. And she loses her house. They're not rich anymore. Her husband kills herself because of kills himself. Kills himself. She dies again. <laughs> I'm not good at telling the plot of movies from 1992. You Shut just, up. You just have pronoun issues. That's all right. So anyway, the woman who first accused the doctor uh, is still pregnant. She eventually gives birth. The doctor's wife, who now is kind of like you know, has lost everything. She lost her baby. She lost uh, her house. She lost her husband. Uh, gets hired under a fake name as the nanny for the for the woman for the accuser the original accuser and so she angry my name's angry revengerson <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh. and, and so while while she's taking care of her baby of of the of of the other woman's baby she starts to breastfeed it secretly so that and then the baby starts to reject its mother's breast milk like that was part of the revenge she she would get her baby to reject her breast milk by breastfeeding it at night secretly. Is that what well, the babies do that? Or like, Patooey, you don't taste like the nanny. I mean, I, I suppose it's just like the the 18-month-old here in this Facebook picture just is having a different flavor, you know? I go to my friend's house, and that's the milk I get, and then I go home, and my mom gives me her milk, and maybe he's no, on board with it. You go to your friend's house, and you eat ice cream that you're not allowed to eat at home. You go to your friend's house, and you watch cable that you're not allowed to watch at your house. You don't mm-hmm. go to your friend's house and eat his mom's body fluid. Well, I didn't even realize there's a there's a term for it called cross nursing, and people That's one term for it. People often refer to the people, at, you know, as like milk siblings, like milk brothers or milk sisters or whatever. Who you know, what? I'm telling you, this is a thing. Like this is a thing. Why would it happen enough to be milk brothers? What up, my milk brother? Hey, come over here, guys. I want you guys to meet Kevin, dude. He was my milk brother when we were 15. This guy's great. Watch him play hacky sack. I'm pro a lot of things. I'm very liberal, but I'm a, I'm a little uncomfortable with this because, you know, that's a that's a bond. That's a mother and baby bond. And, uh, you know, when I say mother and baby, I don't mean the mother and seven-year-old bond, but a mother and baby bond. That And you're saying a mother and her baby bond. Yes. Not, Not any, any baby. Mother and any baby who's born. Now, you know, yeah. Selma Hayek. Like, like Sel- a puppy, like a, like a little <laughs> Labrador. Yeah. Now, you know, <laughs> Selma Hayek was in Africa, like, you know, in a village, and there was some starving baby who had been orphaned, and she was breastfeeding her own baby and, and had, you know, I guess had extra milk in her and so decided to breastfeed this, this you know, starving baby in Africa to nourish it. I could see, and, and you know, and then— Why she, you pick Selma Hayek? <laughs> no, she did this. This is a real thing. Selma Hayek oh, did this. I'm not just saying. She did it. Imagine oh, Selma Hayek I thought doing you were this. Having a fantasy or something. Yeah. So I have this well, fantasy af- where Selma I Hayek. That, I, I, after I read that, I dressed myself as a starving African baby, and I went over there and just waited for her to come back, but she never came back. <laughs> 
Yes. It, this to me is a non-issue. It's clickbait. There's five people in America. Uh, okay, that do so you it. don't think it really is a thing. You think there's five people. I'll I tell think you what, though. I don't know what about, and I, 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 I think we're all on the same page, or at least I'm on the same page as Todd. Like we're about to make a million jokes about lunatic breastfeeding people, but like breastfeeding evidently is to some degree stigmatized out in the public. Like it seems like every time you turn around, mm. somebody's getting thrown out of a Taco Bell because they were breastfeeding. Obviously, that's stupid. You should be able to breastfeed your kid wherever. If somebody's breastfeeding and they want to put pictures of their boobs on Facebook, I guess, you know, fine, do that. Like, it's breastfeeding. It's supernatural. It's probably more healthy than formula. I think that formula is, like, stigmatized and villainized by the La Leche League mm-hmm. types now, and that's baloney because, like, no one was breastfeeding for, like, most of our upbringing. Right, right. And we're actually healthier than the current kids now. Like, we have less allergies and less autism and less asthma. So I think that this whole... If you don't breastfeed your kid, your kid's going to turn into the Emperor Claudius is is baloney. <laughs> but I'm sure that breastfeeding is the way you should go if you can go that way and everyone should be able to breastfeed wherever they are. Now that I've said that preface, I clicked on a Huffington Post parent section today just looking to see what trends were happening that we could talk about on the show. All the blogs and all the articles now on Huffington Post parent are just lunatic breastfeeding articles. All of them. So I don't know if there's a huge growing community of breastfeeding lunatics or if breastfeeding makes you crazy or if crazy people find a great way to hone their crazy while they're breastfeeding. Because I wonder if those kids, like the boys in this story, can they taste the starvation for attention in the milk? Because that's what I'm seeing in these ladies. (laughs) (laughs) This is bitter, Mom. Didn't always seem bitter, but... Tastes bitter. We were at the zoo last week, and there was a, there's a like a children's kind of a play area that has like some interactive exhibits. It's indoors, and there's one section of it that's like pets in the home, and so it has like an, almost a house setting. and And inside of there, there was a rocking chair with a mother a mother on it breastfeeding her baby, and she had one of those covers on that goes around her neck, and it's just kind of it's like a like when you're getting your hair cut, you know, just like a little a cape on backwards. What would you, <laughs> what, why can't I think of the common word like a, for this? Like a dicky or something? Yeah, like a dicky. Like what the barber puts on you when you're getting a haircut, right? Right. Like, yeah. Like, like, like a tarp. Like, like a, a tarp. throw, a, like, like a, what do you call it when you're painting? Uh, drop cloth. Something uh, like I that. Like, I like to call it a shame blank. So she was breastfeeding in public and she had the thing on and, and I had no problem with it whatsoever, but I also felt like I almost had to somehow visually approve of it. Make you know to let her know that I wasn't judging her, but then I thought that would be weird. Up. Well, that's exactly like in my head. I'm like, <laughs> cool, like go for it, thumbs up. But that would be the last thing I'd want to do, right? Like you don't want to. That's creepy. That's like, hey, nice breastfeeding. <laughs> like that's <laughs> not <laughs> breastfeeding. You feed that baby, Kansy. <laughs> Hey, folks, you already shook up on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. When you want to buy something on Amazon, go to paternitypodcast.com. You will find there the Amazon portal. Type in what you're looking for. It will open up an Amazon window. Then just shop like you were going to shop. They know you came through our portal. They send us a portion of their profits, and we use that to pay for this show. Gentlemen, have either of you bought anything on Amazon lately? I did. I bought myself a Apple Core Peeler. You know those tabletop things that 
you you put the apple on and you crank it and it goes through this mechanism that peels it and then slices it and cores it. So you ran out of knives at your house? No, this is so much easier. Come on, you got to look look it up. Look up apple core. Easier peeler. than cutting through an apple with a knife. Yes. Now you have a thing <laughs> that clutters your drawer. You I didn't realize you were a one use appliance guy. Oh no, this will this will I could put potatoes through here. Oh, this will peel a pear. This will peel pear, an apple pear. An apple exactly. <laughs> a gr- a grapple. Is this is this one that looks like it was made in 1928? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see you using this. It does many things, and and one of the things I want it to do is to. We're going to be making a lot of lunches for the kids the night before, and. And we're trying to think of things that they'll take in their lunches that aren't just like prepackaged junk. And so I want to be able to run one of these through the thing, spray it with some lemon juice, put it in a baggie, and they have apple slices ready to go for school the next day. They're ready to go, 100%. Finally, um, now kids can bring apples to school. <laughs> well, if I put an entire apple in there, like if I just put an apple, whoop, here's an apple, they will not eat it. It's too, like, it just it takes too much effort to put their little tiny teeth in that apple. But isn't that isn't this Darwinism? Isn't this survival of the fittest? Like, if they choose not to eat the apple, and they develop malnutrition, isn't it nature saying, or science, or God, or whoever saying that they don't deserve to live as long as everybody else? Well, even if that's the case, they are my own kids, so I'm not going to go find die. (laughs) Go ahead. Don't eat the no, apple. No, I'm not saying die. I'm saying, okay, fine. Then, you know, don't have nutrition that will power your brain and you can get C's instead of B's and go to a community college instead of a state school or private school. And, uh, but I That's love it. gadgets, and this is a great gadget. Exactly. And you know what? And really, evolution isn't, isn't uh, it, you know, it's about uh, procreation. So the question is, will your kids still be able to get action if they eat or don't eat their apple that'll be the the, you know what really determines their natural selection like i think you have to alex pulls out an unpeeled apple do chicks come over and be like hey retro throwback guy or do they you know (laughs) when he pulls out the slices are they like i bet his old man has the victorio vkp 1010 apple and potato peeler with the suction base now, yes, I do, actually. That's exactly what I have. <laughs> um, Kelly and I got on this kick because we know that apples apples can last a long time in your refrigerator. So when it was apple season last fall, we bought a lot of apples. And then at some point over, you know, towards the – in the winter when we wanted to eat all the apples, we're like, we have a lot of apples. We should make applesauce or we should make apple pie or apple tarts or apple fritters or apple lasagna or whatever. But then we're like, oh, but we got to peel all these apples and slice them. <laughs> and so that's when I became obsessed with getting one of these. And I kept kind of forgetting about it and putting it off. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have this credit card with points now, but I really wanted <laughs> to buy it. So I said, I'll put it on the card with the points. And so I bought so you, no, one. Wait, which card? Which points card? The one with the kit, with the single-use kitchen appliances, right? Yeah, you get 5% you got for single-use kitchen for, appliances. Yep, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, is this the Jennifer Garner card? It's it's not, but it's the one that can work with that card, so it's all the same. What kind of peelers is in your wallet? Now, I think in order to test what Matt's suggesting, uh, the social Darwinism, I think you need to put one kid on apple slices and another kid on whole apples, just a whole apples, and see what happens. Who lives longer? See which yeah. one reproduces first. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm assuming right. the older one will, but uh, you know, you just never to play know. It 
just to play it safe, I'd give the whole apple to Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I buy this, right? I, I click, I click the purchase button, and I tell this Kelly, "This is a ridiculous device. It looks like a a, a vice." Yeah, it I does. Mean, it does look like a vice. I'm convinced that there was either a farmer who took his own finger off or a gangster said, you know what? I'm taking off Anthony Spumoli's fingers right now with his vice. But I bet you know what I bet this could do. I bet this could peel an apple. And I bet that's exactly <laughs> so you think it's a torture how... device that was turned into a kitchen appliance. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is like how NASA invented Velcro and Tang. This is the Spanish Inquisition invented the potato peeler. <laughs> oh, why are we doing a parenting podcast? We could easily do Apple Dad problems and just have Todd talk about his Apple issues every week. <laughs> so I bought it, and then Kelly said, well, that's the one thing, you know, because my in-laws do all their Christmas shopping over the summer because that's just sure. when they do it, right? They have, a lot of, a lot of, they have a lot of grandkids. They've got like 11 grandkids or something. And Ugh. and so they're just that's when they they try to get it all done over the summer. Well, I guess they had just purchased this for me about a week ago because Kelly said that was the one thing I told them that you wanted, and I had already just purchased it on Amazon. And I said, well, uh, well all those apples can't wait. You got a refrigerator completely lousy with apples. It's yeah. maggoty with apples. Those aren't going to be any good in December. You got to get these no, things peeled, lemon juiced, and packed into those lunches. Yes. Yeah, so Some I, of the lemon juice. Why do I keep hearing lemon juice? Well, it'll keep the <laughs> apples from browning. If you spray them with a little bit of lemon juice or something and send them into the lunch, they won't brown nearly as much. If you just put them in a baggie, they'll be brown, and the kids will just throw them in the garbage. What is wrong with your kids? <laughs> they love fresh apples, damn it. But they're still fresh if there's no lemon juice on them. They just look like they want they them look to like look the like shrunken head. head kits that you got out of a comic book in the mm-hmm. 60s. Yeah. Your kids are what's wrong with this country. Like your kids are the reason why they have to put pink dye in salmon so people will eat it. With their selfie sticks and their HPV and their apple potato peeler slicers <laughs> with lemon juice squirters. So I, I'm afraid I, you know, I'm like, the order. It's already shipping. Like I can't cancel it at this point. I guess I could return it. And she's like, No, no. I'll just tell them it'll be easier for them probably to return the one they got for you. I let that go. Like I probably should have. This t- is why they start doing the Christmas shopping in the summer because of you. Uh, undermining their purchases. Th- you know what? I've said this. I've said, look, please, you have 13 grandchildren. Don't buy me any presents. You've got enough to worry about. If you're going to buy presents for all the grandkids, I don't need presents. They do enough for us. I I don't need them trying to think of a present for me every year. Like It's just not, it's not necessary. I appreciate it. It's not necessary. There's no reason for it. They're going to get you something, and it's a nice thought. Well, they thought they had the perfect gift for me. They were like, well, they this did. is it. Todd they wants this. And the we, did. For you. They did, but I bought it for myself because I'm a 38-year-old man who knows what he wants and needs to get points on his credit card. You know what I want is, is at Christmas time is time to play with the awesome Christmas presents I'd gotten in previous years that I never get to use because <laughs> I'm a working man and a dad. Give, give me time. Is there a way you can give me time? Is there a way you can give me an hour and a half? Like I can open a box and there's an, an hour and a half where I can freeze – everyone else and just have that hour and a half to walk around and sit on the couch and catch an episode of this or that, you know? If I could save time in a bottle, first thing that I'd like to do yeah. is play with the toys that I got when I was younger but never had time to play with. That song is depressing. 
you like the Paternity Test, please help us tell other people about it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. It's quick and easy and improves our iTunes ratings and helps new listeners find us. And now it's time for This Crappy House. That's where we have more saving, more doing, more trips to urgent care. So I feel as if mice have followed me. I used to live in New York City and we had a mouse problem. We had a mouse problem so bad they were in the walls of this brownstone that we lived in. They lived in the top floors, they lived in the basement. They lived. It got so bad in New York City. One time I opened my silverware drawer and I woke up a sleeping mouse <laughs> that then stabbed you and closed the drawer behind you. Right. He said, Get out! Get out! Yeah, no, he drunkenly crawled across the silverware. Crawl across, across the devices you use to eat. I put in my mouth. And we killed that winter about 15 mice. And when you say mouse problem, do you mean that part of the problem is that the mice were very large and called rats? No, it was just that they were pooping everywhere and they were always around because they were brazen. You know, we'd sit on the couch and watch TV, and directly in front of us was this galley kitchen, and you would just see a mouse run across the middle of the kitchen, middle of the day. And it was like that all the time. You'd pull up your uh, Netflix IDs for your different cues. One would say David. The next one would say mouse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I would put traps out. I would kill one after another, after another, after another. It didn't matter because they were just in the walls of the entire building. And it got to the point where you could smell their urine. And it was, it was terrible. It was horrible. Now, we don't have a problem like that. I think we have more of a problem that anyone living, we're in the suburbs, but we're kind of, we're really close to rurality. Like there's a, there are woods behind my house. So whenever it starts to get a little cold or sometimes when the seasons shift a little bit, we start getting mice. But I lucked out on a couple notes. One, I found where they're coming in from. I know where to trap them. Oh. Um, And so there's just been this assembly line of death (laughs) in in this one area because they come down these water pipes. And then they um, come in through the perfect little archway door in your baseboard. (laughs) Yeah, no, not these guys. You set the trap right there. You put a big Swiss cheese, and then you put the billows for the fireplace in the side of the Swiss cheese. And when you squeeze down on it, they pop out one of the top holes, and then you catch them. And you hit them with a big wooden (laughs) sledgehammer. That's right. The other way that I've lucked out is I found the best mouse trap ever. And it, I mean, I've used sticky traps, which are horrible. I don't know if you've ever used a sticky trap. Oh, God. I moved into a house when I was interning at the Kennedy Center, uh, and I didn't realize that the person who owned the house who didn't live in the house had put sticky traps everywhere until one of my roommates flipped out that there was a starving, flailing mouse glued to a base, and she insisted that I take it outside and help it off the glue trap. So now I'm standing in the leaves in the first snow of winter holding a glue trap with a rabid flailing mouse on it, which I'm grabbing and try to pull pull off of the glue trap, ripping, you know, ripping its legs off in the process and getting bitten. And then I threw it onto the ground and it ran through the leaves and turned into an increasingly growing leaf ball because it was covered in glue as it ran towards the woods where it was inevitably murdered seconds later by something who saw the giant leaf ball with a tail tumbling through the forest. 
So, yeah, right. sticky traps are the worst. The worst. Because, yeah, either they have to eat their own legs off mm-hmm. or they break their own neck trying to flail and trying to get off. Or they starve or they to starve. death. Yeah. Or, or they rip all of their fur off and their skin. trying, And they never get off. This is the – what is it? It's like the, the guy says in Best in Show about he's a, he's a negotiator. He talks people off of roofs. He's like, you know what the secret is? They all jump. (laughs) The secret is they all die. Like there's no way to save a mouse. There's no way to save a baby that's been on one of those things. Like if you've got a baby that's stuck to a sticky trap, you just have to throw the baby out. You know, sob all you want to. That baby's going on the garbage. And so I've used those. I've used the old... I used the old school traps in my 20s because somehow I thought it was like clever and ironic and romantic and I'm in New York and I'm a bohemian who can't afford to eat. You know, so I'll use old mouse traps, you know, like my grandfather used. But those are like horrible. Your, like your Wes Anderson or something or your your, your uh, Zoe right. Day. Like you use a, an old typewriter and a bicycle with a big front wheel and a banjo and an old mouse trap. And all, yeah, this is this is a perfect analogy. And those only serve to break your own fingers. It's like carrying a loaded gun around all the time with your finger <laughs> on the trigger, but like you've got nerve damage to your finger and you can't tell if it's pulling the trigger back or not. Like that thing is always about to go off. And I got these Tomcat press and set mouse traps, and they're basically a new plastic version of the Zoe Deschanel Wes Anderson mousetrap. There's a little spot for the food. You tuck in to this little hole where the tongue of the, the mousetrap is. And they can't get the food without depressing this huge <laughs> I'm so bummed out. jaw that comes down and cuts them in half. <laughs> and it's, oh my gosh. It's horrible. Now, here's the thing. I've pulled mice... Well, not out of traps alive, but found them alive and then had to do this or that with them. This thing, there's no coming back from this hit. They're just like they literally bisect them. Like when you find them, are there two half mice laying there? No, there's not. There's not two half mice, but it crushes them. Like it it breaks their back. Like (laughs) their their mouths are always hanging open. They've defecated all over themselves. Right, right. They just met the girl from the ring. They they've got a they've got like a, a note in their hand that says, Give this to my kids. Like it's just it's horrible. But it gets the job done and they're never alive. You never have to deal with trying to breathe life back into one or put them out or of the Or hit them with a sledgehammer or drown them in a barrel or stomp them with your foot. Or, you know, like, that's because that's, isn't that the worst when you come across an almost dead mouse and you have to go American history exit out of the curb because it isn't yeah. dead yet? Oh, that, it's the worst. Oh, yeah, it is the, the worst. And my wife, like, my wife shudders and looks at me like, a, like I'm a madman whenever I have to do something like that. But I'm like, what's what's worse? Should I Should I let it? crawl away on its legless body with half of its fur gone bite the no. curb mickey she looks at you like a madman because you then like make a little dress out of its skin and wear it around the house but well that is that... probably yeah to be fair that's probably why she looks at me once um, i uh, i had a mouse in my room at nyu i was in washington square village so i went to the uh astro place kmart to buy a mouse trap and all they had wow. was, rat, was rat traps so i bought a rat trap that was like a foot long and i put it in the kitchen and i set it and then i went Man, that's a lot of trap for a little mouse. So I threw a pencil into it to see what would happen. 
and it broke the pencil in half and threw half the pencil on top of my refrigerator. And I thought, wow. well, I don't want a half a mouse on top of my refrigerator. So I put away the rat trap. And then luckily the next day found a mouse, like the mouse was inside a potato chip bag eating on my counter. So wow. I just grabbed the bag and threw it down the garbage chute. That worked out. I've never uh, never had luck like that. Yeah, I've never had a rat issue. I lived in the city for 13 years. I never had a rat issue. And thank God. I had friends. I, I knew a guy in uh, acting school that when he would come home, there'd be a rat standing in the middle of his kitchen on its hind legs looking at him. Just wow. staring a cigar. At him. Yeah. And then he uh, and the mouse would start to work off each other in a Meisner exercise. Yeah, well... He fell asleep once in, this is the same apartment, and he fell asleep, and he felt something tap him on his forehead. <laughs> oh, God. He, t- he turned his light on, and there were cockroaches on the ceiling, and they had started to fall off the ceiling onto his <laughs> face. Is the jaw of death trap what you're using? I'm- I use it exclusively, and it gets them every time. Because all I, I've got three of them set in this spot. Because we had a period where Nick actually was laying in bed and heard some scratching in the wall, and we freaked out. We're like, oh, great. We've got a problem. And I just, for about three or four days, I put them out, and every day, same spot. I took a couple of the babies out. And then I got the mom or the dad, so now they're not having kids. So I think we have it for now, and I've got a couple of them set right now in case. David, wake up. We got a problem. Oh, no, we don't. Wait for it. Quack, quack, quack. Go back to sleepy, honey. Just the smell of death in the basement. You guys, I just made a Pinterest board of great ideas of table decorations for my next wedding. Don't tell my wife. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Send us a question or a comment for The Paternity Test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. Tell us how to win your heart, because we haven't got a clue. And let us start by saying, I love you, like this person did. Hello, dads. It's your old buddy, Matthew Smolance in Chicago. And I wanted to congratulate you on your new Kinder and Gentler podcast. And in that spirit, I'd like to offer a little Kinder and Gentler uh perhaps criticism of of (laughs) you gents than some of the uh, criticism I may have done in the past. Uh, Mr. J. Yes, you, Mr. J. (laughs) For an alleged connoisseur of a specific cereal, one would expect to know how to pronounce that cereal. My friend, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. I do Todd, say Todd, Captain. Todd, 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 Todd. I know what you're going <laughs> to say. Captain. I know. Captain. Why do we have apostrophes if people aren't going to respect the language? <laughs> I'm sure this was an honest mistake, and you haven't said Captain Crunch for all of the 38 of the eventual 41 years of your life. But if you have, please correct yourself as soon as possible. Keep up the very decent work. F U L M. You know, this is why they would need it. They were confused. They're like, "What's Captain Crunch? I don't know." <laughs> but just, just tell him you're not hungry. I'm not gonna let 
a serial make me talk like a pirate? Just because you write it that way doesn't mean I have to say it that way. I think it does, though. But yeah, I think it does. Not, no. I graduated from college. I don't say captain anybody. But you are – you yourself are a maritime professional. And I've never – and I don't go on a ship and say, howdy, captain, or, or hardy, har, captain. Like, no one talks like that. I can't believe they didn't keelhaul you for that kind of talk. Like you walked a plank. <laughs> oh, and in case you don't know what we're referring to, Todd actually sailed tall ships in the summers in his youth. So he was actually a bona fide pirate. Yes, I, I am. And I've met many captains, and none of them wanted to be called captain. No, no, call me captain. That's because they're not cool enough. It's like wearing a pork pie hat when you play jazz. You can do it, but you got to back it up. Okay. So <laughs> Captain Crunch, he merits being called Captain. But just any old so, Luke can't c- get, go around saying, call me So Captain. it's like a different rank. It's like he's achieved the rank of Captain, which might be one step above Captain. Yeah. Or one step below. Yeah. One delicious well, step above. Like, it's somebody who's too cool and to ever be Admiral. Like mm. they always turn down the commission because they're like, no, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't want to worry about this one ship. I'm a Captain. So if you say you go to the store and you want to buy Captain Crunch, mm-hmm. and the the one the, ver, the the variety you want is not on the shelf, so you walk up to the customer service desk and you say, "Ma'am, I would like to know if you have any more peanut butter Captain Crunch." Is that what you're going to say, or are you going to say, "Do you have any of that peanut butter Captain Crunch in the back?" No, because if you say that, you might say, "Any what?" Captain Crunch. No, we don't have any Captain Crunch. And you walk away, and she's got like 70 boxes of peanut butter Captain Crunch behind her. But you said it wrong. I'm never going to ask if they have more in the back. Have you ever been (laughs) in the back of a grocery store? (laughs) It's just a deluge of boxes everywhere. It doesn't make any sense. Filthy. I know, yeah. The backs and the basements. Our stock room was the basement. Yeah, you didn't want your cereal staying in there too long. You wanted to get the boxes that came off the truck and went right to the aisles. How do you pronounce fruit and fiber? If I needed to say fruit and fiber, I'd probably say fruit and fiber anyway because it's so much easier. I don't think fruit and fiber. Saying captain is actually, to me, it takes more effort than just saying captain. What about crackling oat brand? You say crackling, you don't say crackling. Maybe he does. Maybe he goes into the grocery store and says, do you have any crackling oat brand, ma'am, or perhaps some Captain Crutch? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you say Cheerios, too, don't you? Instead of what? (laughs) Cho's. Whoops, all berries. Well, we have another another Captain Crunch-related message here uh laura in la wrote us about captain crunch recipes with a picture and said this is the way to enjoy kids cereals captain crunch onion rings and a great reason for you to come to la now i want to know if on their menu it says captain crunch onion rings or does it say captain crunch onion rings i was looking up recipes actually trying to eliminate i'm trying to make some paternity test kitchen recipes right now and uh, so I wanted to see what people were already using Captain Crunch for. And I was very sad because I saw that someone has already created Captain Crunch fried chicken, that Planet Hollywood has Captain Crunch chicken fingers, and that that ridiculous frosted tipped bracelet wearing sunglasses on the back of the head weirdo. Guy Fieri. Thank you, Guy Fieri. He has Captain Crunch fried chicken in his horrible abysmal travesties of restaurants but i'm going to look up right now on his uh, assuming that 
his recipes or his menus are intended for the literate and actually have words on them. We'll have to see what he calls it. But if anybody has, if you you guys or any listeners have any ideas for any other kids breakfast cereal hacks, like some recipes where we can use kids breakfast cereals in interesting ways, I'd love to test that on the show. I've made like chicken cutlets that are coated in cornflakes. You could use that for anything. You could use Cap'n Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cocoa Puffs. It'd be like a chocolatey coating for the chicken. What about Fruity and, Pebbles? Yeah, as long as it's something that goes well with fruit flavors. And of course, you can use the Cocoa Pebbles if, uh, if you don't want to crunch up the Cocoa Puffs because the pebbles come pre-pebblified. Pebblified? Pebblified. They put them through a pebblifier. My name is Barney and I'm here to say I love pebblifying in a major way. <laughs> Donnie, pop, stop peblifying my Cocoa Puffs. Want some Captain Crunch chicken soup for the soul? Catch our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, and our paternity test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. Oh, and uh, Guy Fieri does Captain Crunch French toast, and Planet Hollywood does Captain Crunch uh, fried chicken. So if you are a Captain Crunch coated tourist. I wonder how the about that, you know? Like, he can't like either of those things. Right now he's making sure that uh, nobody's using his stuff in the Rainforest Cafe either. If Captain Crunch wants his name being said Captain, how come he doesn't talk like a pirate? Like, okay, he just says he talks like normal, I don't know, normal American English, right? Uh, I haven't him talk in a long time. Here, I'm trying to find one that's not, like, super old. No feeding the animals. But they're stuffed. Well, I hope they are room for some. Crunch! Crunchitize me, Captain! It's a disguise! It's Sean LaFoot! <laughs> My Crunchiscope! I got it! I got mm, A new Choco Crunch! Super chocolatey! You gives my Choco Crunch a great part of this good breakfast. It's good and smart. We love it! He'll love what I'll make next time. You didn't say his name. I don't remember Choco Crunch. I remember it from the Chocolate in the 80s. Chocolate, Chocolate. But if that's got John LaFoot in it, that goes all the way back to the 50s, 60s or 70s, right? Well, I mean, I was starting to get a panic attack listening to it. It was so chaotic. <laughs> so, I yeah, wonder who's I think... babysitting tonight. Mrs. Winkler. No playing. No jumping on couches. No loud music. What if she says no Captain Crunch? Hold on to your teeth, Natty. Crunch your eyes. Welcome to my house. House party, that is. All I want to do is jump and crunch. Sweet. Jump and crunch. My Captain Crunch cereal is a cool part of this balanced breakfast. Crunch your eyes, me, Captain. <laughs> so there, he says Captain for sure, but like. If he says Captain, if it's good enough for the Captain, then that's how we should say it. Do you not respect? I suppose you call you call Caitlyn Jenner Bruce still, too, huh? Yeah. You're one of those. God never intended for me to say Captain. I like when he helps the kids murder their babysitter and then starts playing house music. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for Stage Dads, where we pimp out our children to fill up our 401ks. I got a notification from somebody else in, in the industry uh, via Facebook that uh, there was uh, there's a casting company in Chicago having some non-union casting for two- to four-year-olds. Viva fits the bill. You mean she's uh, for, not in a union yet? I can't believe you, man. I know. I'm so disappointing. It, I'd like to say that it's not weird, but it is weird, right? Like we've just – I don't know. We're busy. We want our kid to be in commercials and stuff, but it would mean that 
we either have to take off work or have our mothers drive all around the city to casting calls and stuff, you know? But we got notification that there's this national Johnson's Detangler ad. And so we sent, had to send pictures. And so I, one was supposed to be a close-up of the kid's face, one a close-up of their hair from the back, and one their whole body so that you can prove that they do, in fact, have an entire body. And so I took the pictures. Her hair was looking on fleek that day. And then I cheated in the close-up of her face, and I took a picture that was a pretty close-up of her face, her mother's face, and my face so that you could see that she's biracial. Because unfortunately for us and her showbiz career, she doesn't look biracial. And would, would you agree that she does not look biracial? Like, she looks like a white child. I wouldn't say I... she looks like a white child. I think she's got... Her skin has enough tone to it. Yeah, I would, go, oh, I would agree with there. that. You're just saying that to make me feel better. She doesn't look 100% mayonnaise sandwich to me. Well, that's good. That's good. Now, now her her hair is pretty much my hair. Like, her hair is not African in texture. It seemed like it was going to be when she was born, but it's it's uh, honkifying as she gets older. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I we I got a call almost immediately from the casting agency saying bring her in. Whether it was just her looks or her hair or the race thing, um, she got the call. So I brought her to – and she's done some print stuff, but not, not nothing she had to audition for. So we went to this audition. I, I think you guys would be proud of me that I in, – in an effort to not completely make her into an axe murderer, I didn't even tell her she was going on audition. I said, Daddy has a meeting downtown. You're going to come with me, and there will be lots of kids for you to play with and lots of people who are going to want to talk to you and play with you. That's great. Right? Right. Yeah, it's a good so, way to handle it. So wasn't she confused by like the and then the adults asking you to do right? Then she had to read a side, and yeah. she didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got there, and and I did say like, hey, you know what? I think some some of the adults are probably going to want to say hi and ask you your name and stuff. So just just please, you know, don't be shy. It's going to be a fun place. So she was excited to go to the meeting. Um, and we went to a casting agency. And it's funny when we walked in, like clearly they were casting for other things because when we walked in, there were a bunch of like late twenties super hot people in business attire. So clearly right. there was some kind of ad that said, like, must be 28, super hot and corporate looking because they were all there and they were all like, you know, fussing over sides and stuff. So we went up to the kid room and I was like, I'm going to I'm going to be so cool. I'm going to get her this gig. So because I was wearing like a tight T-shirt and skinny jeans and some some, you know, some like converses and, you know, my, my hair was all. You were convinced they were going to write you. They were going to write you into the commercial with her. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to be like, you, you have the perfect stubble setting on your razor. You are going in this commercial. I just thought I'd walk in, in a, to a room full of, of Mama Junes and Honey Boo Boos. And, like, we mm-hmm. would just be so chill that we would win. I walk in, the first dad I see is wearing a tight T-shirt and skinny jeans and Converse's, only he's got an arm full of tattoos and uh, even more pomade in his hair. Uh, and I say, hey, I'm Matt. And he says, I'm Matthew. Oh, he <laughs> totally got you. He one up you. He burnt you. He was the shapeshifting Terminator to my Austrian Terminator. Yep. He was like the upgrade. <laughs> he is the upgrade. <laughs> and his daughter wow. was super effusive, to, like to a fault, like to the point of probably some sort of pathology. But here is what happened. His daughter walked up to my daughter and said, what's your name? Let's play. And they spun in a circle. And then his daughter ran over and sat on my lap. Oh, boy. So I knew that, you know, we were outclassed as far as uh, – pathologically extroverted children are mm-hmm. concerned. Yeah, unsafely um, extroverted. Right, right, right. You are asking to be kidnapped. Yeah, you got to put that kid in a cage when you get home because otherwise Excuse me, gonna... mister, do you have any candy in your van? <laughs> <laughs> they actually bring candy with them and run into vans to plant the candy. That's 
The other thing is I walk in, it was like the United Colors of Benetton in there. It was like a UN thing. Like I walk in and there was a, a, an Asian kid and a Latin kid and a red-headed kid and a curly-haired kid and my kid like lined up. A, Operation Rainbow Push was happening in this room. Uh, and that, <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, oh, act, act, you know, look blacker. What can you do? So they came out and uh, put her hair in cornrows while she said, come here, Viva. <laughs> put some cornrows in here. And no joke, the next dad to walk into the room was wearing not just – he wasn't wearing a tight uh, T-shirt. He was actually wearing a tank top and was shredded. Like the dude was just his, – his pecs were like beef patio furniture to my like beef chiclets uh, uh, of pecs. And he had uh, – oh, and he was Latin. And his hair was even wetter than our hair. It was – I was like, <laughs> I, I, I cannot rate. Even I the guy hang. with the tattoos was like, oh, come on. Yeah, yes, you saw both of us just hang our heads as soon as the Latin guy with the tank top walk in. I'm like, just each, we were like nesting dolls of cool dads, and I was the little one in the center. Uh, <laughs> so okay, what so, well, a super hot girl came out uh, in like sh- little short shorts and like a little tank top thing, like su- like blonde, like California E, and like the shortest shorts. And she's like, "Hey, uh, uh, Viva Brazy and her dad, come on in." And we walk in, and she says, uh, "Okay, Viva, come over here." And they're like those phone puzzle pieces on the floor and there was a techie guy with a million cameras and like a big screen pointed that way and then there was like a parent chair and she was like dad you can sit in this chair and then she said here's where i was super proud she turns to viva and she says viva can you look at the camera and smile and viva turned to the camera put her hands on her hips and gave the biggest smile raised an eyebrow gave a big smile like a ping came off of her teeth wow. and it was the oh, it was perf- even the audition girl went wow you can really turn it on my eyes were replaced by dollar signs like a tex avery cartoon just fantastic <laughs> some pig <laughs> so i sat in the little parent chair and then she said she had viva like say her name and her age her favorite color run around the chair twice jump on a colored square like she wanted to see if she could follow directions so she's like what's your favorite color pink go jump on the pink square and Viva was completely into it, totally on board, not self-conscious, smiley, gorgeous. Then she sat in the chair, and as the girl asked her questions, she played with her hair. And this was in the notice that they were going to play with the kid's hair to see how the kids react to stuff happening to their hair because it's a detangler ad where they're going to, like, put gum in their hair and then get it back out and pour OxyClean on it. or uh, DDT, yeah. <laughs> they're going to pour DDT on your kid. And the only thing that might have cost us the gig is uh, while – she was playing with her hair. Viva started, like, touching her face, just kind of itching her nose and stuff. And this is where I should have just said, honey, put your hands down from your face. But I thought that it was almost a test, no, like, to see if yeah. I would be Mama Rose and be side coaching. Right. So I, I just thought I would blow the whole thing if I side coach. But then she put her hands in front of her face during at, at clutch time. So She choked. She choked. Yeah. She choked in the clutch. Did you talk to her about that? Like, did you come down hard on her back? Back in the car? Talk to her with my belt. <laughs> with the rings. <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't know if we got the gig. It's been a couple days and I haven't heard anything. So I'm assuming it's a no go. But I have to say, she, she did well. She had a great time. She played with the little girl and she got to like jump around in the room and she went home and said, ah, Daddy had a meeting and it was so much fun. So she didn't know there was pressure. I don't think she's going to make dresses out of people's skin. She got a brand new My Little Pony Rainbow Dash and a cup of ice cream at, uh, to lickety split and Edgewater out of the deal. So she got all kinds of prizes and a wonderful afternoon. Which, unfortunately for her, it means I'm going to pimp her out again like 
every opportunity I get. So are you setting it up to where she thinks eh, we could do this again sometime? Yeah, I said was was the meeting fun? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Did you like that? Like, would you ever want to? Do- yeah, yes, yes. She is ready to go to another quote unquote meeting. I, in the meantime, need to get a tattoo sleeve. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to have a hide-and-seek-themed birthday party down at the Mid-Century Refrigerator Disposal Yard. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. Like us on Facebook. and Visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS. And tell your friends about the show. Also, consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, those old-style mouse traps might make the mice feel ironic and hip, but those new ones will cut them in half. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 